This is Kevin Campbell and you're listening to Chewing the Cud with the Irish Toffees. Come on, you blues. Welcome along, folks. And apologies for the lack of action over the last few weeks. It's been busy with work and midweek matches and lots of stuff going on. So uh, today we're just going to wrap up the final thoughts on the season in general, which um, will be a mixed bag, I presume. Uh, full house today, we have Richie, Chris and colleague. Good afternoon, boys. How are you, lads? How are things? Hey, lads. How are you? Good to be back after a few weeks, lads. And it's actually good to be back with no <laughs> Everton games. <laughs> We're on our heads. Uh, just, just a mental, mental season. Uh, roller coaster doesn't even come near to it. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll do a general season review in a few minutes, but we just want to touch on like that manic Crystal Palace game, it was just, I think it was just our season rolling into one game. Uh, Rich, it was just, just a nuts game altogether. Yeah, unbelievable. You know, I ended up flat out on the floor afterwards. Like, I just couldn't wait for it to, to be over. You, the, the emotion from start to finish, it's, no football game should do that to anyone. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's insane. I mean, you, it's in typical Everton fashion that that's the way we went about, you know, securing safety because you, we never, ever do things the easy way. And to go, I mean, we were horrific first half, you know. As soon as the first goal went in, we just, you could see the fear in their faces, you know. And then the second goal was just a bag of errors. Like, there was just so many mistakes leading up to the second goal. Oh, you should have been off the field as well. And then it just all came together or you know everything went went as against us for 60 seconds or whatever and then you know whatever happened at half time it's just a case of throw the whole lot at it see what happens and you know set two down you know we've never come back from two nil down to at half time in a Premier League game to, to turn around and win it mm. what a time to do it you know and again you said goal from Michael Keane turns into Zidane for a couple of seconds like you know all that type of stuff it's just all incomprehensible but what a night you know and it just sheer elation you know afterwards it was serious scenes like you know you think back to Wimbledon in 94 and Coventry and those kind of pitch invasions but this kind of outdid the whole lot and I think it was just uh, euphoria from the past month or six weeks where everything has been building 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 and it you could see what it means not just to fans obviously but to the likes of Lampard and stuff, who's only in the door, you know, and how much he's embraced it. And, you know, just watching the tunnel cam the other night and you see the guys, you know, Paul Clement, Ashley Cole, and they're bouncing around the sideline kind of after goals and stuff. And it's just, you want that buy-in from everyone. And look, it's been a horrific season. It's been absolutely horrific. But I think in the last six weeks, if there's anything out of it, we just need to use this as a catalyst going forward and just come together and try to make progress you know let's not get carried away but just need to make progress and get on the right tracks but I'm not able for any more nights like that I'm so I'm not I'm not broken I turned 40 the weekend I feel about 60 <laughs> I just can't do it anymore yeah. I, think, I think a lot of people aged like a year or two if not more during that game I know Chris I know you were traveling and you were Trains, trains, and automobiles, and Twitter feeds, and text messages, and everything. But uh, I presume you're going through the same. <clears throat> excuse me, emotions just without actually watching the game. I'm raging. I wasn't there. Absolutely sick. Yeah. Seeing the vi- still watching the videos now on YouTube and that this morning of post game and uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been one for pitch invasions and stuff. I think if, we, if we'd have won a routine 2 0, it wouldn't have happened. But it was just mm-hmm. the manner, as Richie said, of it to think you're dead and buried a 2 0 alone and to come back the way we did. Normally, when we concede a goal, that's it, we're finished. We never come back to concede two and come out and get three goals in the second half. And then the manner was just outburst of everything that's gone on over the last couple of months in terms of the fans, really. The supporters weren't letting us you know, go down. We took matters into our own hands and it's very hard to reflect on everything that's happened over the last couple of weeks and months. From the start of that Chelsea game when the team both came in up until after the Palace game, I've never, 
experience anything like it. Just in terms of the unity, the atmosphere, the pure emotion, the aggression, how much it means to people. I think this season kind of, in a way, we might come out stronger from it in terms of how it's united everybody, the fans, mm. the coach and staff. Now, look, players have a lot to answer for. They don't get off lightly. It was a shit show of a season. And for the majority of them, I couldn't give a shot yet. They left. But I think it's, Goodison's been dead for years now. And it's shy going to the game and sitting there and, you know, you're bored and, actually enjoy going to the game and enjoy being part of the atmosphere and it just makes it so much more enjoyable and I really hope this is a turning point now for us as supporters so we can we can carry this and we can use it as a catalyst going forward into next season it's not always going to be like that every single week you know it's going to be flat probably against lesser teams as well and there's not much riding on it but Hopefully this is a turning point in terms of our supporters, in terms of we're all united behind the manager. Um, you know, we'll do a bit of good business in the summer and we'll never be, I know it's been said before, we won't be in this situation again. But like you said, I was traveling half time. I landed, checked the phone, two nil. And you know yourself, you know data, you can't get on, you can't check on during a flight. So you're fucking twitchy, you're sitting there, what's going on? And you're, you're playing it, you know, you're getting agitated. <laughs> and seeing two nil and, and I'm trying to get a stream through the second half, and it's it's just awful. And then of course the phone absolutely hopping, people sending me videos. I'm on the pitch and all, and setting off smoke bombs, and we're getting texts. My mate, you should have been here. You know all the away games, everything you put in this season, you missed out on. You know we probably never see anything like that again. To be quite mm. honest with you, hopefully not. But well, that's the thing. Hope not. In yeah. better circumstances, hopefully. You know, if we ever mm. God, if we ever want something, don't think we survive. But just it's just absolute relief. I'm so glad the season's over. We've got a stress free weekends now. We, I, you know, if you look back before that Chelsea game, we were five points out from safety before mm. we played Chelsea, and it was looking bleak. So, in fairness to everyone. They really, you know, dug in and turned it around. And uh, it just shows you the power and the power of Goodison. You know, you're still watching videos. And fellas running along the director's boxes with fucking flair. You never see that like it. You have to love Goodison. It's just no house barred, isn't it? Anything goes. What a spot. Wall to wall lunatics. But just absolutely relieved that it's it's over now. And, you know, hopefully we can do some early business now. and re- Let Lampard put his shape on the squad now. And, I don't think we can't expect too much. We're not going to go from where we were to probably challenging for Europe in one summer. It can be done, mm. but it's unlikely. We need to really build now. Everyone's on the same page. Questions need to be still asked at boardroom level. That's another podcast for another day. Um, but you know, it's just Arsenal game is a write-off. Forget about that. We're you know. The boys are on the piss. I'm not even worried about that. As, as embarrassing as it is, you get hammered. It's never nice. But just calm, you know. It was a rough, rough couple of months in terms of how much it means to us. And we can just relax now and look forward to the dubs now on Saturday. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, yeah, Collie, just on the match itself, um, it just, everything just clicked. Well, I'd say everything clicked. <laughs> it took took 45 minutes. But uh, the second half, it's a long, long time since I've seen uh, that kind of intensity and the pressure from Everton in, in one game. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of kudos has to go to Lampard for that job. Uh, I think uh, he switched up with Iwobi, he went to a flatback four. Um, Iwobi, obviously, with that energetic presence that we needed in the middle of the park and I really do think he he grabbed the team with it, the scuff of the neck and, and dragged us through. But obviously Pickford pulled off a great save as well. And, you know, look, he, he could be all day talking about Richardson and the work rate he puts in and, and, and you know, Dominic Carver-Lewin and, and, and the headed goal. And obviously what he's come out with since the end of the season and, and the troubles he's had from a personal point of view this mm-hmm. season. But you, you got to hand it to, to, to Lampard. His, his in-game management has been questioned before in the past. But, you know, I think he he went off with the initial formation in a, a not to lose scenario, um, if at all possible. 
But uh, certainly, I don't think any fans wanted to go into the Arsenal game wanting to get anything or having to get anything from Arsenal because, yeah. you know, let's face it, we haven't been that good if, if not pathetic on the road. And, and Arsenal's a good side. So, you know, it had to be done on, on the night, on towards the night at Goodison. And the first 45 minutes, we were just too, I don't know, reserved maybe is the word, Joe. But as I say, uh, you got to give him kudos because he, he changed it up at half time. And uh, it worked, you know, the I kind think, of way. I think and, actually, I know you mentioned the wall, but and listen, he was, he's been class last. But I think the main change was Deli Ali coming on. I mean, that's the yeah. Deli Ali we know. Uh, I've been striving to see. Yeah, he he went he went with uh, the Corey Ali and Awobi. I think in the, for the second half of the Palace game, uh, Joe. Um, I may be wrong on that, but I, I tend to agree with you, Ali. I thought he was his best performance for us in a blue short, and and um, it was good to see him. You know, I still think there's more to come from him. Um, if if he is going to hang around, I, I do think we'll get more from you know come come next season, and and. Kind of Lampard puts his own style of, of play onto the team, but look for the moment it's a bit kick and rush, and, and you hit up to the, the centre forwards and he's trying to get the second ball, and you know it worked for us. Um, I know that's not particularly probably Lampard's style of football, but he had to change it up because the personnel that we have at the moment certainly doesn't suit the style of football that he wants to play. And if it means being ugly football, I couldn't care less because we're still in the Premiership next year. And you know you listen like the two. Lads have referenced the, the celebrations after the win and and the three two win, and then you have the you know I'm not condoning pitch evasions, and I know you know there's a safety issue there for the players, but what the pundits don't realise is just how mentally exhausting this season has been, and nearly every Everton fan that I know, Joe, to be honest with you, you know, be it whether you go to the games week in week out or you watch it from Dublin or Oslo or. Wherever, wherever the hell you are in America, wherever the case may be, you're living and breathing the club, Joe, and it's been, it's been an absolute horrific, horrific season, you know, and that's just a sense of relief, you know, that's, that's what caused that, that uh, pitch evasion on tours day, and I watched a, a show there in Sky there recently, and there was an Everton fan on it, and, and he said he's only started to sleep now, you know, the kind of way, although he said it in jest. You know, he's not far wrong, Joe. You know, that's way, you know, because we mentioned this on the podcast and now Richie's mentioned it before. If we had gone down, Joe, and thankfully we hadn't, I personally think we would have had 12 months to come straight back up. If not, we would have been in an awful lot of financial trouble. I really do think so. Um, thankfully, we, we hadn't gone down that road and hopefully next year, which I do believe, you know, I like Lampard Um I don't get the negativity from other fans um, towards Lampard. I've had uh, brothers of mine, friends of mine, text me saying, oh, they're safe now, we can get rid of Lampard. I, I just don't get it. I, uh, you know, he's made, I'm not saying he's been perfect, um, but no stretch of imagination has he been perfect. But, you know, I think he's a good coach and he's willing to, he's willing to take criticism and, and, and look at where he's gone wrong and fix that. And I think he's a really, really good, Backroom staff, which I've mentioned on this pod before, um, you know. So yeah, uh, long, you know, give give Frank another season, two season, whatever his contract is. Let him have a summer. It's pre-season training. You know, the, the league is starting earlier this year, obviously due to the World Cup, and I'm sure the players are back towards the end of June. And uh, there's a obviously friendly matches lined up in the states, and let's get to work, get the transfers done early, both in and out, and and, and just go for next year, but. I strongly believe we won't be in any way uh, the same situation next year as we are this year. We, we'll have a, a more younger, energetic team. Um, and we, we will have bad results, but I, I just don't think we'll be anywhere near where we were this year. Oh, yeah. Jeez, I don't think we could do another season. That. Well, not, not, not consecutive seasons. Anyway. <laughs> uh, just, just going on, on to Lampard, Rich. Um, I agree with Colin there. I, I would listen to the chap all day. But like his interviews, he just... and. But the thing about it, he gets us, like you said earlier, like he's only in there in what day, three, three and a half, four months now. But he just gets us. It's just honesty, isn't it? You know, mm. it's speaking from the heart. It's saying basically everything that we're saying ourselves. And there's no, there's no second guessing him. You don't feel like he's trying to bluff you. 
So it just comes across really refreshing. I look, no matter who came in after Benitez, it wouldn't be hard to, you know, to, to, to make us happy. But he's been, from a fan's point of view, he's been exactly what we needed. You know, someone that you can get on board on. But he just, when he speaks, you listen to him, you know, and he says the right thing and he's not trying to fluff it up or he's not trying to do anything. And for me, it's just the honesty, you know. Mm-hmm. He, he's willing to call it as it is, you know. He's, he's got our back, you know, digging in kind of against whether it's the, the league or against refs, you know. We haven't had that in, in a long time, that, you know, that, that, that someone is willing to do that and he's fighting for the club. And you can't ask for much more. You look, just the players are, or the squad is shite. So you can't expect miracles just to come in and to turn it around magically and say, oh, you know what, I'm coming in with 15 games left and going to win 10 of them. It's not going to happen, you know. And he was willing to put his principles aside, do what needed to be done to dig out results and keep working. And, and, he, and he did it. He, whatever his goal was, was to keep us in the league and he's achieved that. And at the same time, I think he's united a fan base that we were heavily, heavily fractured only a couple of months ago. So, as I said, I, I want to use it as a catalyst and I think he's key to it because everybody has bought into him and everybody is willing to give him time. And it's now about the board supporting him in order to allow him to do his job, you know, and that's what it's about. We've got to work together. And I know the board are probably, it's there on the chopping block next because, you know, we've tried, they've tried everything else. So whether this strategic review is ongoing and they're going to look in the mirror, who knows, but for me, Lampard, he's integral to what we do going forward, especially in, in, in the short term, because the players that are becoming, com, coming in, he's a massive attraction. You know, he's what's going to be not a, a team that has finished 16 in the league. Yes, Premier League is always a big draw and you're coming playing for Everton, but Frank Lampard is a massive draw to come play for as well. And we've got to use everything in our power, but I, I'm, I'm a big fan. And I, I would have heard similar things to Collius is, oh yeah, you know, Jesus Lampard, he's not the man, you know, what's he going to do? He brought you from 16 to 16, but there's a whole lot more going on there that, 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 that meets the eye. And I, I, who would you replace him with? You know, and definitely not for me. I wouldn't even be, be considering it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, I'm similar. People have been saying, oh yeah, now he's done his job, like get him out and get someone else. But I, I think Chris, to be honest, like he, he deserves at least the full season now. After what he's done again, I know, like Richard touched on there, he, like he's spotted from 16th to 16th, but it's just the manner, like we were slipping and slipping away. And to get us back, like it has to be down to him. I think Richie summed it up pretty well. It is, he just we, we don't like blaggers or dickheads, you know, he just comes across as a genuine, honest, down to earth, nice bloke. And that goes a lot. Of course, you have to have the management skills. To, back it all up but the impressive thing was even in early doors we got a few good results beating Brentford in the Cup and Leeds and we were playing knocking the ball around well pressing high getting goals and that, that was a bit of a him putting his kind of stamp on things but it didn't it didn't last I just don't think we have the players that are comfortable enough or composed enough in possession and we make far too many mistakes if we want to play that way so the impressive thing was he was willing to swallow his pride. He wasn't stubborn and he just found a formula. Didn't always, of course, work. Um, found a formula to just get results. Play to the crowd, you know, be more direct, win second balls. Um, you know, yeah, be aggressive, get the crowd on side. And we, we got enough points to get over the line. So fair play to him, you know, needs must. And you're bang on. Next season, you would like to hopefully see a bit more him putting his... And again, they're going to have a full pre-season, him and his coaching staff. They're still trying to get Anthony Barry in as well, by all accounts, which would be a great addition to the coaching staff, um, especially in terms of set pieces, which we can see the 22 goals from set pieces, which is the worst in the league. So that was atrocious. But um, yeah, you would hope, you know, a couple of additions... Change the squad a bit, full pre-season with himself and the, the coaching staff to really start seeing a style of football develop. It's not always going to, um, it's not always going to come off. It's not always going to be pretty, you know. Especially when you're trying to put a team together, but it, fans will back it once we see what what we're trying to do. There's been too many seasons there where we've said, "What are we trying to do? Like, what's the what's the form? What's the style of play? What are we trying to achieve?" You know, we just look like 11 
fucking people just thrown together at you know randomers playing together at some stages so fans will get behind it once we know what the philosophy is and what his plan is and it is going to take more than one summer one window to to build so he definitely deserves a chance I mean we tried everything else mm. you know I've never seen a manager unite the fan base and it might not always be like that but his stock is really high at the minute so you know we're in a really good position to be able to build on that hopefully Um. Yeah, I really like him, you know. Um, and again, it's good that he's willing to recognise when things aren't going well and he's able to change. And you have to be flexible as a manager. I just hope he doesn't go with the three at the back. I just I don't like that formation whatsoever. just don't think it's suited to us at all. But yeah, interesting to see um, the way it goes, who we come in, uh, who he brings in. But we do need more energy in the team, definitely. We're too lethargic especially around the midfields. And um, yeah, pretty much that's literally summed it up fantastically well for me. I'm, on, I'm in the Lampard boat and, you know, what were the options? Pereira, who was on Sky, you know, parading himself for telling what happened in his interview. So <laughs> we have to be honest. I mean, we finished 16th. We don't have a massive amount of money to spend and there's a lot of off-field issues going on. So, we have to be realistic of where we're at at the minute and I think he's probably the best man for the job at the minute. Yeah. I, I there won't be I as like... much pressure on him as well. Going into like going into next season, he's not coming in straight on the back foot. He have time mm. to really, you know, show, play with a bit more freedom, hopefully, going into next season, you know? Yeah, I, I think uh, what I like about him, Carly, is uh, because honestly, and for me, the turning point of when he came out and he questioned the players and he literally said, do they have the bollocks for a fight? And I said, that's it. That's, that's like, if you don't listen to this now, he's, he's doing this live on Sky or whatever it was. Now it's off to you now. So he, he basically put the ball back into their court as if to say, listen, lads, I've been nicey, nicey, you know, arm around the shoulder, roll their fucking sleeves up now, get it done. And that's, that's, that for me was one of the turning points. Yeah, tend to agree with you, Joe. That can backfire as well in certain situations, but um, thankfully it didn't backfire in this situation. But um, no, look, I think I think going forward we have to stick with Lampard, and and, and I think you said give him a season anyway, or certainly give him a preseason, and and you know, I think Richie or Chris, one of the lads mentioned how he he's unified the, the fan base. We haven't seen the fan base has unified that in a long, long time, you know. Um, should never really gotten to the point where we were. Um, but that's down to an old Spanish man that came in, unfortunately. But um, no, look, you know, as much as as the season what has only ended a week ago or whatever it is, I'm still time for the next ever in the game. You know, the Queen away just makes you want to see them more. So, um, the players have a a good rest now, and I know there's a couple of internationals coming up, but. I think the majority of them will be over next week or whatever the case would be and they can go on a three or four week holiday, whatever the case is, and, and, and get back into pre-season. And, you know, this is my favourite time of the year where you have all the, the transfers to and from and who's going oh, where. Oh, here we go. You know, like, so, yellow oh, yellow yeah. tie is coming on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, like, it'd be, in, it'd be interesting this season of this new window job because I think there's going to be a serious amount of money spent, um, not, just, not by us now, but... By other teams. And I was just going to say, boy, you're not boy. Yeah, not for us, Joe. No, but I have a, a £50 now stuffed down in the back of the sofa somewhere. Yeah, all, all, all the contributions uh, greatly received, you know. But no, look, getting back to Lampard, uh, you know, give him the opportunity. He he will, and he does have money there. Obviously, FFP is will be a bone of contention, but I would suggest that that would be less of a an issue uh, come the, the 4th of September, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think I think we get into it in a few minutes, but the coming weeks, I think there'll be uh, lots of wages, big wages off the bill, so that that'll help us. Um, just before we get into players, season starts, Richie. Uh, the ball now is firmly, and I mean firmly, firmly in the boards uh, court now. That, that like the players have done what they can, fans have done what they can. Lampard has done what he can. It's now up to the board to stop pricking around and just back the man. I know 
we're going to have financial fair play kind of coming into things, but they just have to uh, at least get their own shit together because as much as fans have been fractured during the year, the board have been an absolute disaster. Like they're making things up as they go along, so it's time for a like a, a master plan if you want. Yeah, poor all Kelwell is after <laughs> he's after walking into a serious fire pit with mm. with what needs to be because it's a it's a mess, you know. And I think a lot of it he's there to clear up a lot. And just in the talk, you know, when you see kind of articles about the twenty trees and the way he's going to restructure and going to be reporting into him and stuff, it seems like some things are being put into place. But look, obviously the end goal is to be getting from there to be getting players through but the structure the you know there's no accountability for everything that went wrong in the last number of mm. years there's no one to put the hand up that there was no one for us to blame you know we didn't know what Marcel Brands's role was and the whole thing was just a shit show for all the for, for, for all the words you know yeah. you know you have Mashiri taking direction from his mates and you know you just look at El Ghazi you know what an absolute waste of time we hardly had a centre half to sit in the bench you know and this fella's just hanging around Finch Farm for the sake of it. You know, there's just so much that has gone on that's absolutely ridiculous. And it's time that structure is put in, you know, whether it's, it's structure, it's accountability. And it has to start now. This I don't know what the story is with this review that's kind of running away in the background the whole time, what they're reviewing or what they're looking at. It's just stand up, look in the mirror and let's run a business because that's what they're doing. We know we're tight with funds but you make it work. As you said, there's going to be a lot of wages and stuff freed up. And it's just about figuring out a business plan of how we're going to run it. So we're running it successfully and that we progress because if we don't, and if we just continue kind of the way we've been plodding along for the last couple of years, eventually that shit will catch up and we will drop. And they, they're the ones who have to look in the mirror, you know, because we got dragged out of that by the fans and by, by Lampard, by, players the players that got us into it you know they dug in and they did what they had to do to get us over the line but when the players aren't good enough eventually it will catch up to us mm. yeah I, I think it was actually telling Chris I know you, you didn't see the game it was telling that Mishiri wasn't there for the last home game which uh, I, I look into a bit deeply more than others but um, I think if, if, if he does stay he, he just has to let people who he employs to do jobs actually just do their job without him messing around well apparently this strategic review is done and Tellwell answers to the board and the board answered to Mashiri so Mashiri still has the final say on everything so nothing has mm. changed essentially mm. that is a nutter you don't know what's going on in the background with him the whole Usmanov thing he could be just keeping Dodge kind of in Monaco out of the UK and that with all this mm. run and stuff going on and you know but you don't know I don't know if he if he's just losing interest and waiting for the stadium to be done so he can just put the club up for a sale you know we don't really know it's all speculation but you would like to see him being there especially um, you know with the, with the Palace game and the importance of it and stuff but look these guys when they're going as bad they they keep their head down to keep out of dodge and same with Bill as soon as things turn good he's out doing interviews and you know writing love letters to the fans and they were beautiful everything Goodison is and when things are going well they, or when shit hits the fan they're nowhere to be saying so I'm not surprised to be honest with you but look it's it's going to be a case of you look at all the players who are linked with it already and a lot of them fit the profile, you know, young, energetic, 21-year-olds, championship players that are up and coming, have a lot of energy, a lot to prove. They're the kind of players we should be going for. Mm. And look, we've been repeating ourselves for a couple of years now. Well, hopefully Tellwell's allowed to do his job. Mishiri should just sign off on the checks, let him run the club, essentially, and co- in, coincide with Lampard to get the right player he wants for the style of play he wants to play. And we can develop as a team within the next year, the next two years, and resale value, as as uh, Carl rightly said earlier on. You know, signing these young lads in terms of FFP, they're going to be on low enough wage. And if we do, they do great for us, and we have to sell them, we're going to make profit, and then we reinvest and reinvest. Again, the worry is always 
it's the people that got us in this situation are still calling the shots. So is anything going to change? Uh, probably not. But you would hope this Tellwell fella's been given assurances. He would have known that I'm sure he rang Marcel Brands and said, what's the story here before he took the job, you know? So yeah. hopefully he's been given assurances that he'd be allowed to do his thing. I know there's been changes to the 23s and stuff and, you know, the recruitment and stuff like that. They want to have everyone playing the same way. And that we've been saying that for years. It makes total sense to be able to have that conveyor belt into the first team. There is some good, talented lads in the in the uh, 23s and the under 18s you know so yeah let's just it's I don't know because we're, we're so relieved now that the season's over and the board and stuff is still another major issue that needs to be addressed mm. you know but Lampard seems to love Kenroy and love Denise doesn't he you see him after the game they're up hugging him in the main stand and stuff problem is a lot of fans would be afraid to rock the boat kind of there but I don't know it's just they're going to have to get some early business done right profile and sort of just keep this bit of positivity going you know what I mean build that little bit of excitement coming up into the season so we can kind of see how things are going to how things are going to develop there's no room for sediment now you know as Carl said we should know who's been released in the next day or two. Get rid of Kenny, get rid of Delft, Towson, gone. You know, all these fellas that are on high wages, the man that what can't be named, he's gone as well. His contract is up. Mm. So um, there's going to be a bit of wiggle room there, like you said, with FFP. I'm sure Calvert-Leon will go. If it's a choice between him and Richarlison, I'd sell Calvert-Leon simply because we bought them for, what, 1.7 million. So, I mean, the F, the financial fair play there, the profit there is mega mm. on him, as opposed to a Charleston, pay, what, 40, 45 million. Don't know if it ever reaches 50 million, but you're not going to sell him for much more than that, realistically. So I'd rather keep him and say, well, we have to sell somebody, you know, but players like Alan Gomez, Mean is probably going to go. I like him, but he, he can't be playing 11 games on 100 grand a week it's just not it's not yeah. uh, viable you know so it's going to be an intriguing summer you know it's going to be a big overhaul hopefully he is allowed to do his job and you start seeing the squad shaping soon because I mean I think they're back on the 1st of July aren't they for pre-season mm-hmm. it is only a short summer it's an early start this year so we have four weeks now before we start getting rolled over but we don't cast one all in pre-season <laughs> and our heads are falling off again so <laughs> Bring it on! Just, just getting back to my Sherry Collie. Um, like, you can't, you can't fault the man really uh, with with the money he's put in, but it's the meddling that that pisses me off. I mean, I mean, you wouldn't get say Lampard telling him how to run his accounts. So why, why do it the other way around? I know it's it's kind of a. Like he's the boss man, he's the he's he's the head honcho. But like, if you employ someone to do a job, and then restrict them from doing the job, like you're pissing against the wind. Yeah, I think Michelle is playing the the dearest ever football manager uh, video game joke. To be honest with you, because <laughs> you know, um, but now look, I I've always been a, and I always was a great advocate of uh, Marcel Brands. But I'm going to be honest with you, I think some of the decisions that was made and under his kind of tenure has been wrong and the type of players that we brought in was wrong. Um, mm. You know, and I, I've read a, quite a lot of stuff about the, the new lad, Kevin Torwell or Treadwell, whatever his name is. Um, and I, I tend to agree with, with the lads. They said like, he's not going to come into this position if he's not going to have, you know, obviously the final say or the main say and a lot of things and, you know, he's come in the door and he's got rid of Unsworth straight away. He he realises that the 23s needed to be, you know, root and branch kind of review on that. And, and that's happened. And, you know, to be a director of football now for the 23s, and as the lads rightly said, they've already discussed with Lampard and, you know, they'll be playing the same way going forward as the force team. And, and they're also looking to bring in a, a, a director of loans, which... Uh, they had at Wolves when Trevor was there. 
Well, no, it's actually Joe Royal was the last one actually to, to hold that position in the club back in before uh, um, Marcel Brands came in, Joe. So he, whoever gets this position will be over getting players to go clubs out and loan and see how they're doing. And so, like, look, I understand the negativity towards the, the, the board. I think Tim Cahill will play a massive, massive role going forward. I think he's like an advisory to, to, to Mashiri. So I, I, I would suspect we'll, we'll hear a bit more of Cahill's name being mentioned going forward in relation to some of decisions made at a board level, Joe. Um, you know, you have to see the Bill Kenroy criticism and, and I, I totally get that, you know, but is he a figurehead almost now? You know, what, what say does he have in the boardroom level? There was rumours that you know, Denise was was looking to, to, to get out of the club itself, but she, she seems to be fairly um well rooted there. So look, it's hard to know, Joe. It's like it's like the players, we don't know what exactly is going on, you know, the kind of way like I I was quite critical of, of Calvert Lewin, let's say, this year for some of the performances when he did play, you know, mm-hmm. and then he comes out with that statement, you know, when the season ended. So what 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 the, the point I'm trying to make is you just don't know what's going on in the background and, and you can go on Twitter and different forums and one guy can make a, 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 a his own personal opinion and then that gets retweeted and retweeted and, and suddenly I'm getting a text off Richie saying oh did you hear such and such is leaving you know the kind of way so look it's Chinese whispers basically you know but um, I actually have a lot of optimism going forward to the plans that are being put into place and, and the plans that have been put into place now will only benefit the club going forward. Maybe I'm speaking with me blue tinted glasses on Joe, I'm not too sure, but I genuinely have confidence going in that things are being done eventually right behind the scenes. Um, and, you know, all we can do as fans is hope that we are getting to that stage. Like, we still haven't released the jersey, we still haven't released the sponsor. You know, you know, just just talk to us. Possibly a, a gambling company or a crypto company, and fans are already kind of up in arms over that. But if if they're offering five, six, seven million more than what Kazoo was being were offering to the club, it all comes down to financials. And it was not out of the club now. That money is dried up. You know, so as much as fans may not like it, we may not have any other option. You know, because we need to get money in, in, into the club. Be it if that's the right or, or wrong decision, I can't. I can't say that. But at the end of the day, the club needs to to financially um, repair itself, and this is one step they feel they can do it. But I do think it's it's wrong not having a jersey out by by the season's end. You know, that kind of. But that's just my opinion. Oh, that's listen. You're you're spot on. They've done this. Like continuously over the years, and like I was walking in last week into the woodshed uh, for the last game, and there's yeah, well, don't get me wrong, there's the, the red shorts new jersey on sale already. Last day of the season, people queuing up the boy, and it was just the marketing at the club was just an absolute disaster. It's like join the dots. It's just crazy. Anyway, that's again. That's I think that's two or three podcasts and my one. Uh, we'll get into a few um, like awards, if you want to call them. Um, to start off, we you Rich, player of the season? I think this um, is going to be a landslide, to be honest. Yeah, it looks like it's straight in. Jordan Pickford, hands down. Kept his, I won't say kept his in the league single-handedly, but some of the, he was very consistent all season long, even when we were really, really bad. And when we needed a go-to man, he was, you know, he stood up, he was counted, he made the saves against Chelsea, you know, go through a couple of lives. Phenomenal, you know, mm. watching him back, you say, Jesus, you know, it's top drawer stuff as well. I suppose Richie, you know, we were always shy in goals all season. And to be fair, he stood up and he got goals at the end. But for me, Pickford is player of the season. Yeah. Chris? Yeah, I'd be with Richie. Pickford and Richarlison would have two that stood out for me. I think Pickford has been consistent. Look, he's made a couple of mistakes, but even since true last year, I think he's been. He's really come of age for us. Um, and I think that Chelsea game, if we don't win that, I think we're, we're bollocks. So those saves, mm. he came up trumps there. And then the Leicester game as well, when we're hanging on, 
he really stepped up as the leader and the goalkeeper we were hoping he would be. And he's done it consistently. So he'd have to get it for me. But he's, again, Richarlison was, although we didn't get the goals, he really uh, he really stood up, as Richie said, the last couple of weeks. And he was carrying us at some stages. His work rate throughout the season can't be questioned. You know, he's missed a few poor chances and fluffed his lines a bit. But he wears his heart in his sleeve and he gives absolutely everything for the cause. So they'd be the two standouts for me. I thought Gordon's been good. But he still has a long way to go, you know, in terms of his end product and his contributions. But you can't question the lad's work rate and stuff. He has a big, you know, hopefully he'll progress again onto next season and he'll develop again and bring a bit more to his game in terms of his numbers. But yeah, they'd be the two standouts for me. No one else really, I think, has been anywhere near good enough or consistent enough for a long period of time. Awobi again really stood up to be counted to be fair to him the last couple of months but I mean seven or eight good games over his two to three year periods isn't enough but hopefully he will as well under Lampard he'll be able to kick on there with newfound confidence and stuff but uh, yeah Pickford for me buddy yeah huh? yeah I'll, I'll treble there Pickford for me Joe um, possibly our most uh, desirable or Player now, unfortunately, going into this transfer window. Um, but yeah, he he, he was tremendous uh, all season. Um, and look, you you can't take away them saves against Chelsea. You know, uh, stunning saves, and um, as Chris rightly said, probably kept us in the Premiership. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's full house pick for me. Uh, I think we spoke about it a few times. Um, it, like he he dipped probably dramatically, and uh, uh, all stems. I. I just, it just comes back to that Van Dijk incident where he was vilified across all media. And um, he's obviously got, we, again, we spoke about, he's got help, psychologists and stuff. And he's just, he's just a different player from, from the start of the season. He's just, just uh, confidence in him. Uh, and again, the saves from the Chelsea game on, I mean, he's made world-class saves in basically every game just, just to, just to keep us in games. And uh, like he's just by far the standout player for me. Again, Richarlison, uh, work rate. He never dips, never dips in his work rate. I mean, the last three or four games he's coming off and he's literally just, literally run himself into the ground. So, and, he, and he's constantly winding up cop fights. <laughs> listen, that's, yeah, yeah. And he worked on Cardigan there during the week. So, happy days. But listen, it's, it's amazing that just the last few weeks, Players who he's slated, I mean, and rightly so, slated for being muck, missing, all this, like just two or three have written down a wall again. I have to hold my hand up. Since Lampard's come in, I don't know what he's done to him. Just a different, different player. But it, it's offset by where where have you been for the last, like Chris says, two or three seasons? Where's this player been? So hopefully, like, that's the start. Well, another start of, of him coming up at Delft. Three or four games. He was immense for three or four games. But again, like, where's this Where's this lad been? And Michael Keane as well. <laughs> you said earlier, Richie, turns into Zidane for 10 seconds and scores. Cracker goal. No, but it's just the consistency level that we just can't get our players like this. It's just, that's a frustrating thing for me that, they, they play two good games and then be shift for the next four or five. So, but I think that's something that we need to work on next season as well. Consistency from more than three or four players. That's easier said than done, Joey. Okay, we're going to um, goal of the season. Back to you, Rich. Um, contenders, Mikelenko, I suppose. Have to mm. say Cal- Calvert-Lewin against Palace just for the goal that was in it, um, but my one would be Townsend against Burnley. Just an absolute belter. You know, top drawer. We don't get enough of them. Yeah, yeah. Chris? Yeah, I'll go with Townsend and the Marty Grays against Arsenal. They'd be the two standouts for me. Again, Gray has been the 94th minute or whatever it was and what it meant, the emotion of the day and stuff. It was, they'd be the two standout ones for myself, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, well, we, 
Newcastle at home. Um, given the, the the enormity of that game and how important it was at that particular time, um, I thought it was a great goal. And, and I'll go for Townsend and then Gray then three seconds toward. Yeah, I, I think Townsend's, Townsend's goal is cracker, but I, I'm going to go for Gray. Just, just again, when you put everything together, like the 158th minute or whatever, and just the, just like the pressure, and it was just, just amazing. Just one of them, LRC, running while I was here, running out nearly loved in and head when it jumped up. But it was just, just one of them, LRC, running around like a tick, and it was just amazing. But there's been a few, Michelangelo, I have to say, I think he got goal of the season, actually. I think that was the Cowboy, official yeah. goal of the season. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, Townsend's going to fall. He just wanted them. Um, just bang. Crackers. Okay. Uh, just game of the season, I suppose. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's been many to choose from. Uh, go to you, Rich. Uh, game of the season has to be Palace. Just everything that was in it. But, I mean, if you think of the season in a whole, I thought at Brighton early on in the season, we were excellent. You know, there's a couple of games at the start, you know, we just, oh, you know what? There might be something here where it clicks. But look, for everything that the whole season, it all boiled down to one game or one 45 minutes. It's not even game of the season. It's half a game of the season. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hand, hands down, you know, it had absolutely everything that you want in it. I won't say it was the best performance or the best everything, but game of the season, yeah, can't be anything else, can it? Yeah. Well, it can be. Can be. And they somewhere along the uh, Chris? So I'll say for games I missed, Palace has would have to be, you know, easily. Just the emotion and the atmosphere and the scenes. Games I've actually been at, it would be, again, Arsenal. And uh, Brighton away at the start of the season was, what a day that was. Sun shining, 20-odd degrees down the south coast. Best away performance I've seen us have for a long, long time. So that was uh, that was another one. Chelsea again was a great day as well. But yeah, I'd say Arsenal and Arsenal being around Christmas time as well. Midweek out with Uncle Paul and the Liverpool market steaming on the Moretti. Mm. Great things in off the post <laughs> in the ninety second minute. But it's great when it happens like that. But probably that was the most enjoyable day I've had. Okay, Kelly. Um, I don't know what game it was, but uh, Rafa Benitez's last game as Everton manager. Don't know what game. <laughs> Norwich, was it? It was in Norwich, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't think of it. And then the second game would have been the Palace game for obvious reasons. But no, um, uh, because it meant, it was, it meant Benitez was, was gone and the pain, suffering that he inflicted on my club had come to an end. So, should have come to an end a long, long, long before that, but uh, he eventually went after the obviously the Norwich game, as Richard said. Yeah, okay. I, I'm going to go because it's just summed their season up in literally one game. Palace. I mean, every single emotion that that you can possibly feel as an Everton fan was in that game. It was just like two nothing down, and I know before the game they they shown. Clips and they were talking to Dave Watson, clips of the Wimbledon game and stuff like that. And I, I half time I was just thinking, that's what is what is doing. And then I said, Ah, oh, it'll never happen again. Just the second half, and and going back to what we said earlier, every single one of us was on the same page, players, fans. Even the referee kind of gave us a couple of things that stage, but it was just, it was just. Just a wave, a wave of emotion. The whole, the whole game, just like you said, the whole season rolling into 45 minutes. Not even a full game, as you said, it's not even a full match. And it was just uh, like the initial euphoria after the game of staying up, then started to turn to like kind of slight anger as if, say, like, how, how are we even in this situation? Like, we, we shouldn't be nowhere near this. And then just massive, massive relief of just, thank God, that's all over. And we can actually watch the last match of the season and not, not give a shit, but actually, no, not give a shit. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they go in the watch and the watch that was rammed. It was 
obviously all ten games were on at the at the same time. Uh, Italian matches were on, Brazilian matches on, and I, I think I watched twenty minutes of the Everton game. I was watching three other games. It was just it was just nuts. But uh, yeah, for, anyway, game of the game of the season it has to be Palace with special mentions to Arsenal and then Newcastle. It, 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 I take game of the season. It's probably one of the worst games of the season. But the, the, like you said, Colly, what it meant, the anomaly of the occasion, the finish, right the, the event. I think there was no, nine minutes injury time. It, it was just, it was just, a man actually uh, tying himself to the post. Ah, uh, stuff. Just, that's just everything. It's just ridiculous. Why, why would you tie yourself to a post? Just get out of the stadium. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the uh, palace for me with, with special mentors to the others. All right, that's that's it. Another season gone. We haven't got the prediction league, thank God, because uh, I, don't, I don't think it was a high scoring league this oh, season. I, we might just call it a draw. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Everyone gets their money back. <laughs> I, will, I, will yeah, up, uh, I will do it up and I'll post it on Twitter once I, once I get it on. I always, yeah, okay, yeah. Thank God I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> I, don't, I don't go on Twitter that much. Well, Listen, that's next. in behind uh, Real Madrid tomorrow, yeah? Oh, absolutely. That's a great ad with uh, oh, Dino Reid and the boys. Absolutely very, brilliant, very, yeah. Very, very funny, yeah, yeah. Very good. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, all right, boys. Listen, thanks so much. And uh, just actually before we go, I just want to thank everyone uh, for listening during the season. Um, I know it's been a horrible, horrible season. And like a few people, <laughs> a few people, and we've said it ourselves, we said to listen to the podcast, it's like a form of therapy. <laughs> after after watching Everton absolute shit show well, uh, I just want to thank everyone for, for listening and tuning in every week and um, I want to thank Mik- I know she's been very busy this year with exams Michaela for her work during the season and uh, next year she'll be she'll be more regular on the, on the women's side of things uh, but listen anyway lads listen thanks so much no uh, thank you I'd like, I'd like to That's say lads. Hey, guys. I'd like to say I enjoyed the season. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. we can have more positive ones next. Listen, lads, enjoy the summer. Talk to you soon. Yeah. See you, boys. Best, lads. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're interested in joining the Irish Toffee Supporters Club, just send an email to memberships at irish-toffees.com or visit our website, www.irish-toffees.com. Up the toffees.